hello and welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend, the Not The Top 20 betting show, sponsored by Betfair, where me, Ali Maxwell, and him, George Ellick, who I've spent a lot of time with over the last 36 hours, arguably too much time, let's find out, we'll be making betting picks ahead of a fairly mixed docket, a smattering of FA Cup games, and a sprinkling of EFL fixtures. Gambling comes with significant risks. Uh, we are gamble aware and we want to make sure that everyone listening is as well. Head to begambleaware.org for the best place to understand fully the risks that come with betting. Last week, only one of my five picks actually went ahead due to the frostiness, the iciness of the docket across the EFL. Thankfully, it was my nap and it was a comfy winner. Luton at Wigan at eight to five. Somehow you had all five of your picks on as if you knew which parts of the country I did. were free of ice. But it was your first bagel since week two. Move on. 0 for 5. What's your nap? My nap is Peterborough at home to Pompey at even money uh, on yeah, on Saturday. John Messina has made a fantastic start to life as Portsmouth manager. Uh, there's no denying that. Um, six points from six. They were good in their win at Fleetwood. Um, they've won both games 2-0. Uh, and I think I just want to kind of play on that good start by maybe just shorting them a little bit here because, yes, it's six points. Yes, they played well against Fleetwoods, But against Exeter, it was, as I said on the Monday pod, it was, um, yeah, a somewhat fortunate win. Thanks in part to Matt Macy, their keeper, for making some great saves in the first half. Thanks in part to Marlon Pack for kicking the ball into the bottom right-hand corner from 30 yards on a, you know, a, a, well, 25 yards on the full, on the volley, partly in thanks to Jamal Blackman for, for, for throwing the ball in. Um, they've had some injury issues as well. Ronan Curtis went off injured um, in midweek, which is a blow because he started to look like he was back to his, his normal self. And it's just a really hard game going to Peterborough. Peterborough have played once since Darren Ferguson returned to the club. That was a, an impressive 2-0 win away at Port Vale on, was that Monday last week yeah so 10 days ago what happens when an unstoppable managerial bounce meets an immovable managerial bounce nothing because managerial bounces don't exist <laughs> so although although mm-hmm. managerial bounces only exist when it suits you for them to exist <laughs> this is one for the monday pod but i wouldn't be surprised if there's like a, a big dunk bounce at forest green purely because he's some character uh it's um yeah i think in terms of of looking at this game you've got Portsmouth who've played twice in a short space of time since Peterborough last played so I think a key part here especially given the um, you know the the time of year is fresh legs are going to be important I think we've seen that in games in the last couple of weeks where um, the team who who have had their rest have generally been better and Dan Ferguson would have had this time to to spend with the side so you know Posh under Ferguson have been a, a very good side at home in the past in League One. Um, I, I think if this game was played a week ago, they'd have been heavily odds on. Obviously, Massinho has overseen two wins, but yeah, I think there may be a, an opportunity here to to get against them. Not that I think they're not going to be. It's not going to be a good appointment long term, but at even money, uh, yeah, I think Peter have a better than fifty percent chance of getting a home win. Wouldn't have predicted that, and I think that's a good sign for the betting show. However. You absolutely did predict my nap. Partly because you got your laptop, pointed at the price from yesterday and said, that won't last long. <laughs> it was Carlisle United. Yeah. It was 2.3 with the Betfair Sportsbook. 
It's now 2.1, 11 to 10 with the Betfair Sportsbook. So it's because you, you got on, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's 2.1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. And I'm not backing Carlisle at 2.1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I'm going for it. I'm backing Carlisle minus one at 130, 4.33 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I feel very clear and very strongly and very bullish about Carlisle in this fixture against Rochdale. And so given the shape that I think Rochdale are in, and given what I perceive to be a stronger than average chance of some sort of collapse in front of an angry fan base against a very good team, I'm going to play the minus one. I think we know enough about these two teams under these two managers at this exact moment in time to be able to rate them pretty accurately. I can say with complete confidence that Carlisle are, I'm going to say, the third or fourth best team in this division based on recent performances and form over the whole season. And I say with quite a lot of confidence that partly due to the improvement in Gillingham and in Colchester, Rochdale are either the first, second or third worst teams in the division. They're currently the second favourites for relegation uh, with only Hartlepool shorter. To make matters worse for a Rochdale team that I consider to be among the worst, if not the worst in the division, in the last game in which they lost against Hartlepool, the only team more likely to be relegated than Rochdale as per the bookmakers, they had two centre-backs sent off. Ethan Ebanks-Landell, their captain and centre-back, sent off. Sam Graham came off the bench, sent off. Both suspended for this game. Now, neither of those centre-backs are performing particularly well, but they don't have that many other natural centre-backs in the squad. Rochdale not coming into this in great form in terms of team news, and Carlisle are coming into this in good nick. In particular, the league's joint top goalscorer, Christian Dennis, who scored a brace in midweek as they won comfortably against Hartlepool. Dennis has made it into both of our League Two teams of the season so far, which you can watch and hear all about on our YouTube channel uh, as of Friday. Dennis is in unbelievable nick at the moment, and the thought of him as probably the league's most dangerous number nine coming up against a team missing two of their centre-backs is a concern for that team. Carlisle have actually won seven matches this season covering the minus one handicap uh, and they are the highest scorers away from home in the division in League Two. And Rochdale, to be fair, they haven't generally been thumped this season. They've only lost three or four by more than one goal. But my perception of Rochdale is that they are leaking. They are they are basically, their trajectory is pointing downwards. They are not they're not doing a good job of fighting against relegation. And I think things could get quite nasty if and when Carlisle exert their dominance here. So Carlisle minus one, my best bet in the EFL at 4.33, against Rochdale with the Betfair Sportsbook. What is your next best? I enjoyed that, mate. That was really good. Oh, thanks. Uh, what did you like about it? Because you've heard me do thousands of betting picks and you very rarely say that. <laughs> I thought you were very eloquent in the way that you delivered it and you made a good case for it. And I'm, I mean, I'm already on. um otherwise i'd be backing it okay um my next best um is walsall to beat leicester in 90 minutes eight to one whoa yeah awesome bit of fun yeah surely Um, the longest price next best or nap we've ever had yeah i'm not really that interested in in kind of doing draw no bet or anything with this one because there's every chance that leicester will you know will overpower walsall with their quite clearly better players but there's just so much to like in my mind about this bet at this price firstly you've got 
a team in Leicester. Um, now, I'm assuming that if you're listening to this podcast, you've never heard of the Premier League, and that is totally fair enough. But I'll give a bit of background. Leicester are in danger of getting relegated, having won the league about four or five years ago. Um, they are an incredibly ambitious club who um, have built a state-of-the-art training ground that's supposedly the best, one of the best, if not the best in the country. But yet things have taken a massive turn this season under, under Brendan Rodgers. They're struggling to balance the books with FFP, which has some suggesting they can't even afford to sack their manager. Um, Yuri Tielemans, James Madison, key players, um, seemingly unable to, to lift them out of their malaise. And they are currently in, you know, in serious threat of getting relegated, which would have seemed, I mean, yeah, impossible, not particularly long ago. Um, and coming into this game, you just have to feel like this 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 cannot be a priority for them right now. To to play key players, to rather than rest them, if key players were to get injured, effectively, if they win this game, that's another game in the, in the, in the latter part of their season that could provide to be an issue. You know, I'm not suggesting they're going to turn up and not try, but in terms of team selection... In terms of the way they're going to be set up for this, being humiliated at Walsall wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing for their season, is all I'm trying to say. And then in Walsall, you've got a team who've won, what is it, eight of their last 13 games in the competitions, one of the form teams in League Two. In Michael Flynn, you've got a manager who's got an incredible record of cup sets from his time as Newport County manager. Walsall at home, they they will make this an incredibly difficult place for Leicester to go. Um, Yeah, I think... Walsall televised um, early game on Saturday should give us a, a big run for our money at a big price. I've gone for something that's not quite as lively as that. My next best is QPR, draw no bet at Hull City. The win price is around 2.8. I'm going draw no bet at 1.95. And if I'm honest, this one isn't really statsy or data-y. It's about how I personally rate these two teams. And it's also a little bit a, a kind of tactical analysis if that's the right word I guess I think QPR's recent performances under Neil Critchley aren't as poor as the points return would suggest and I do expect them to start getting back in business over the next few weeks and months not necessarily to the tune of being a a playoff team or anything like that but just being uh, a side that picks up more points than they have done recently and wins more championship matches I know that you're quite excited about Hull City and Rossinia I I'm not quite there yet. I know their numbers uh, look okay at the moment, although not incredible. Uh, and I definitely agree they look far less dysfunctional than they did under Arvaladze. And I do think that long term, it'll be a good appointment for them. But I think, and this is a bit of a theme across all the EFL leagues, I think they're one of these possessiony, technically teams that seem to perform better or look more comfortable away from home than they do at home. When they travel, the onus isn't on them to impress their home fans. The intent of the opposition is more attacking and that allows more space for them to attack. They've got the fourth worst home record in the league hull and that's having won their first three of the season. Since then, one win, three draws, seven defeats at the KCOM. And I also think that QPR are similar in this sense that I think they sometimes find it hard to handle the mixture of home fan expectation and awkward away team game plans when you're a technical possession-based team. I think it suits QPR under Critchley to play a team that also wants the ball, that are going to look to attack them, and on the flip side are going to allow QPR's players space to operate and give them a bit more of a chance to attack in transition. It's a pretty 
it's a pretty sexy QPR front line if everyone's on their game. Um, Tyler Roberts is looking pretty sharp recently. He scored two nice goals the other day against Reading. Jamal Lowe has joined in January. He scored his first goal, a nice finish against Swansea. Ilias Chair is in my championship team of the season so far, which is a video that you can watch on our YouTube channel. I think he's excellent. Chris Willock is not at his best. In fact, Critchley has dropped him recently. He's been on the bench and he's not in his best form or shape, but... He is still a quality player, and I think he's a great option to have off the bench if that's where he starts. And then Dykes is Dykes, leading the line even when he's not scoring. He is contributing, I really believe that. And it just happens that at the moment he's not scoring, and that has been mostly the focus of of how people are reacting to his performances because it is frustrating how many chances he misses. But I don't think that means he'll never score, or he can't score, or he couldn't have a decent run in front of goal. So I've just got a feeling about QPR here. I think this suits them. I guess the reason I'm taking it draw no bet is I recognise there's clearly not an obvious or huge gap between the two sides. I understand how they're currently rated, and I understand why Hala slight favourites with the Betfair Sportsbook because of the home advantage. But personally, as you know, I love Critchley. I trust him. I love QPR's attacking options. I trust them and the class to show long term. And I just like the matchup, as discussed, in terms of uh, allowing or having the opportunity to kind of cut loose rather than get frustrated, as they often seem to at Loftus Road. So draw no bet, QPR 1.95. Don't forget, George's bet 10, get two with the Betfair Sportsbook. That means if you bet £10 on EFL Ackers this season, you'll get a £2 free bet. T's and C's in the description of this podcast. Bet 10, get two with the Betfair Sportsbook is the offer. Uh, heading over to the exchange now, putting up a lay, George. Who are you getting against and why? Laying Shrewsbury at 1.9 at home to Forest Green. Um, the big dunk. Um, <laughs> bounce. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, the, the Duncan Ferguson appointment at Forest Green is one of the most intriguing things to have happened, I think, uh, in the EFL in recent seasons. It feels like a a pretty strange fit. You've got a guy who made his reputation as a player for being one of the hardest players in the uh, in the country, in the Premier League, um, who is very wedded to Northern football, both at Newcastle and um, at Everton. And then he's coming down just to hang out in the Cotswolds at a club famous for their um, veganism and their sustainability. I mean... I'm excited to see how it's going to work. Culturally, it feels like a strange fit, but he is certainly someone who has decent coaching credentials from Everton and you would expect might get a react. You know, even if he isn't up to it in terms of his coaching, which I'm not saying he isn't, as a reaction, you think his arrival in a, in a dressing room compared to Ian Birchnell um, might get something of a reaction initially. And then also you've got the fact that Forest Green basically have a new side at their disposal. Um, Stevie Grieve, their new head of analysis and recruitment who replaced uh, Rich Hughes, who went to Portsmouth, has moved very quickly to basically turn over and overhaul the whole playing squad and choose a new manager. You've got Charlie McCann in from Rangers, Jordan Garrett's coming from Swansea, made a decent start, Bakayoko from Bolton, Jamie Robson from Lincoln, uh, Ross Doohan from uh, Tranmere, um, it's about three or four others as well have come in, Brandon Cooper's come in on loan from Swansea. Like they're basically a different side now to what we saw in every aspect for the for the majority of the season. So if there's a chance they're going to improve a touch, then there's a chance they're going to be value going forwards. They're playing against the Shrewsbury side who come into this in incredible form, but have had really favourable games. And in the same way that I kind of wanted to get against um, Pompey after a couple of, of big wins, I think beating Burton 4-0, beating Cambridge 5-1, and then beating MK Dons. Right now, MK Dons... Cambridge and Burton 
and Forest Green are the four worst teams in the league and they're playing all of them back to back. And I think there's a chance that Forest Green might be a little bit better than they have been before. So yeah, I think Shrewsbury being odds on for this one, if we're going to see any kind of reaction from Forest Green is is too short. I'm laying Swindon in League Two at home to Gillingham at 1.92 with the Betfair Exchange. I just don't think Swindon are trustworthy enough at home. They've got a touch of what I've just been talking about with regards to Hull City and the possession-based style of play and my thinking that for some teams, when they're not absolutely brilliant at it, it can be a bit awkward playing in front of your home fans who don't necessarily enjoy the patience maybe that you'd want from them uh, in order to kind of trust your game and stick with it and yeah, bear the fruits of that sort of style of play. Particularly, I think, against strong defensive types who are more than happy without the ball and kind of relish the the challenge of doing that. Swindon have won less than half of their home games this season, six out of 13. Last season, they were pretty poor at home. They were incredible away from home. That's what fueled their playoff run. And at home this season, they've scored either zero or one goals in nine of 13 home league games. And the reason that's important is, well, I think there's value in getting with Gillingham uh, at the moment. And I think we can basically consider them to be something like a new football team compared to Gillingham from the start of January back to the start of the season. Um, they certainly look much more confident in front of goal and injection of, of new faces and more quality in terms of Nichols and Hawkins and Lapsley and Dieng breaking midfield, breaking from midfield. And I think we can trust them much more than we used to be able to, to score a goal, to create the odd chance. And that they're certainly full of confidence at the moment. I think there's value in getting with them at the moment because I don't think that the models and the XG ratio and the sorts of things that power the bookmaker prices will have caught up with what I think has been an unusually short uh, or quick and swift change in atmosphere and change in fortunes and certainly in terms of player quality. I know that that, that will be built into the price. Um, player quality and new signings will be built into prices, but I think the improvement in Jules has happened quick enough that I'm not sure the, the the way that the bookies' prices work will have caught up yet. They Even when they weren't scoring, Gillingham, for the first half of the season, they have always been half-decent defensively. They haven't conceded very many goals. Um, they've conceded way fewer than anyone else around them. They're basically a mid-table defensive team in terms of goals conceded and if you look at the underlying numbers as well. So I think no reason why they couldn't set up well enough to frustrate Swindon and with that extra confidence who knows uh, maybe nick a win or certainly um, get a goal to make it harder for Swindon to win the match it was nil nil in the game at Priestfield uh, and Swindon of course don't have a, a permanent manager it'll be Gavin Gunning in charge again there's been so much speculation this week about Dave Artell and then Jody Morris and now we sit here on Thursday late afternoon and there's still not a huge amount of clarity over the situation. Loads of leaks, loads of exclusives. And I don't think that's conducive to really good clear heads in preparing for a football match. I think there's a chance it could be somewhat distracting for the players and they will certainly want to know who's coming in. It's very clear that it won't be Gavin Gunning. So I don't necessarily think they'll be gunning to impress him uh, any more than, than you know you otherwise would. So there you go. Swindon, my lay, 1.92. I've been matched on the Betfair Exchange. Getting with Jills. Goals bet. Backing over three and a half goals in Ipswich versus Burnley in the FA Cup. Really surprised to see how big a price, well, just goals generally are here. I think it's a case that because both teams have really good defensive records this season, they're kind of perceived as being 
a possible low-scoring game. And the reality is, and anyone who's seen any of Ipswich and Burnley know, they are both incredibly attacking teams who like to play football in, in quite, kind of a similar way, I would say, like aggressive off the ball, keep the ball down, get it forward quickly, play with width. Um, yeah, and this is a, given this is a cup situation, and what's at stake here you know an interesting game between top of the championship against the side in Ipswich who fancy themselves to be the best team in, in League One um, the first goal that goes in is going to cause chaos here I mean I, I, you know there's no point either team sitting on their lead at all um, so yeah I'm, I'm amazed that the goal line is as low as it is I, I'm surprised you can get 10 to 11 over two and a half but I think over over three and a half the way to go at 12 to five yeah love that from you because that forms part of a, an over 2.5 goals treble that I'm placing. I want a bit of interest on the FA Cup this weekend. Accrington and Leeds over 2.5. That's a very skinny 1.53. Uh, Man United Reading over 2.5. That's an even skinnier 1.4. And then Ipswich Burnley over 2.5 at uh, 1.9. The treble is is 4.08, just over 3 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. And it gives me some punting interest in the early game which is Accrington Leeds and then hopefully the 3pm game which is Ipswich Burnley and then hopefully we'll have the last leg uh, in the evening Manchester United against Reading uh, for that one well United god it feels so weird talking about Manchester United on the NTT20 betting show <laughs> I cannot tell you how weird this feels Manchester United George have seen over 2.5 goals cop in six of their nine home league games this season and in three out of four home domestic cup games as well so 12 of what's that nine of 13 overall uh, Reading for their part are terrible on their travels have conceded 28 in 15 away league games which is just under two per game against championship opponents and here they'll be up against uh, a Manchester United team that correct me if I'm wrong look in pretty good shape maybe the best shape that Manchester United have been in for quite some years uh, and with a group of, of players particularly attacking players who seem to be in pretty high spirits high confidence and performing well uh, Accrington against Leeds well Accrington against teams in the top eight in League One. That's 10 fixtures this season. They've conceded three or more, three or four goals six times in 10 league games against top eight teams in League One. And if that's their record against the best teams in League One, I'm pretty concerned about their defence coping with Leeds, who, as they do, are likely to throw the kitchen sink at it. Um, they scored two against Cardiff in the first game and then five in their replay against lower league opposition recently. And I'm pretty sure they can hurt Accrington here over 2.5 goals. And then the third one, the Ipswich-Burnley game, echoing what you've said. For me, this is mostly about tactics and vibes and that heady combo of the two because I think both teams are going to enjoy playing in this fixture. It's going to be a very different type of match to their usual meet-and-drink league game where, for the most part, they... The, the only question is, can we unlock a low block, uh, which is fine and speaks to the quality at their individual levels, but isn't that fun. Not a lot of space to, to play into in this game. I think they'll both have uh, a lot more fun trying to attack in transition, uh, trying to attack with half the usual amount of bodies between the ball and the goal, and it should suit both of them. So I think they'll both go for it because why wouldn't they? Uh, it's, it's a free hit for both sides with promotion much more important, much bigger aim. Neither team will be interested in a replay, that is for sure. Uh, that would be a bit of a disaster in, in a sense. Uh, so an open game expected, Ipswich Burnley over 2.5 goals. So my treble is Accrington leads over 
Man United Reading over 2.5 and Ipswich Burnley the treble just over 3 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Betfair's popular bet builder allows you to combine selections easily into one bet and with Betfair's popular bet builder you can add trending football league bet builder selections to your bet slip in just one tap. Head to the Betfair Sportsbook app to the football section. You'll see the popular bet builders at the top of your page there which leaves the goal scorer. My goal scorer pick is uh, Josh Coburn to score two or more goals half a point at 11 to 1 Josh Coburn to score a hat-trick at 90 to 1 uh, half a point as well um, they go to Bristol Rovers go to Morecambe um, again spoke a lot about Coburn on our YouTube channel already um, he's the person who I think well, he's got the best goals per minute ratio in the whole of League One uh, he's got the best or the highest XG per shot in the whole of League One I think if he stays fit for the rest of the season he will end up being towards the top end of the goal-scoring charts above his teammate Aaron Collins. Uh, when these two teams met on September the 3rd, so a couple of days after Coburn had arrived, but before he was ready to play, uh, they drew two all at the Mem. And um, that day, Bristol Rovers created an XG of about 3.5. Uh, if that was to repeat itself here, I've got no doubt that Coburn would be the person who'd be the benefactor of that. He is the main goal-scoring threat now in this team. Uh, Morecambe conceded four goals last time out against Ipswich, two to two players. Uh, so it was two to Chaplin and two to Ladapo. Um, you know, it's incredible what they can often do. And, you know, if they do pull out a, a big performance here, then all credit to them. But they are, without question, the side who put in the most performances in League One where teams create a hatful of chances against them. And in my mind, we've got the best striker in the league willing and waiting to make the most of it. Uh, so, yeah, 11 to 1, 2 or more, 90 to 1, hat trick. Incredibly ambitious. I like it very much. Again, I'm sort of following you in, albeit in a slightly different way, because my goal scorer pick is a tricksy three anytime goal scorers from Leagues 1 and 1 in League 2. Um, Raksaki of Charlton is my first leg. Raksaki, 130, 4.33, I think is a really good price. Uh, just as a single, uh, this game's against Bolton. It's live on Sky at 12.30 on Saturday. Raksaki's looked so bright. I mean, since he joined Charlton, to be honest, on loan from Crystal Palace, he has shown serious quality, serious skill, directness when necessary, gets a ton of shots off, just looks above the level. And I think in the last couple of weeks, since Dean Holden took over, since Charlton have started performing much better and looking quite sexy going forward, I think Raksaki looks very, very happy and high on confidence. So... This is a player who's got seven league goals in around 20 90s so far this season. 0.35 per 90, so just better than one in, in three. Uh, and at 100 to 30, I like that price a lot for a player in high confidence, particularly as Bolton have been starting Randell Williams, who's very attack-minded at left wing-back in the last few weeks. I would trust Saki, Raksaki rather, to give him a pretty tough time. Uh, the second leg of my Trixie is Josh Coburn. Anytime. 2-1, to 3.0 in the game that you just talked about. Uh, as you mentioned, he's been in ridiculous nick. He has scored in 9 of 16 league games. Interestingly for your one, he has scored a single goal every single time that he's scored, which means he's due. To, uh, yeah, he is. Obviously. Because there'd be no logic to him only being able to score one at no, a time. None. None at all. So there you go. His XG per shot is just miles better than basically everyone else in League One. He's a, a premier goal getter, a premier poacher against a weak defence, uh, a Morecambe back line with the highest XG against in the league. I think 2-1 to one is a very generous price. And then Luke Armstrong's the third part of this. Uh, 3.1, 21-10 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Harrogate's striker uh, against Sutton. 
he has scored in six of the last nine league games, including three braces in that time. So nine in nine overall. And he's in some pretty serious shape. Um, 0.69 XG per 90 in that time. The next best player in League 2 in that time period is 0.49. So um, consistently getting more chances than anyone else and taking them at the moment as well. He's a real confidence player. Goes through big droughts and goes through these sorts of runs as well. Taking over 2.5 shots per game in good areas as well. Luke Armstrong, the third and final selection for my Trixie. Uh, Trixie means four bets. That's three doubles and a treble a quarter of a point on the three doubles and a quarter of a point on the treble. Uh, the doubles range from eight to one to just over 12 to one. And the jackpot, the treble that we're really going for is around 40 to one with the Betfair Sportsbook. And that's Raksaki anytime, Josh Coburn anytime, and Luke Armstrong anytime. Well, I'm looking forward to what is a disparate docket. Some very lively selections. George, you've you've been showing a little more ambition than usual with an 8-1 to one next best with a, an over 3.5 goals pick. And I've got a, a minus one nap. Yeah. And a goal scorer, Trixie. Crazy. And a goals treble. Yeah. I've got a 90-1 to one shot and an 8-1 to one shot. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. These are the weekends that we live for. Mm. Uh, please, can you recap your selections before we wave goodbye? Yeah. Peterborough at home to Pompey is my nap at even money. Walsall at home to Leicester at 8-1 to one is my next best. Laying Shrewsbury at home to Forest Green. Uh, over 3.5 goals in Ipswich Town versus Burnley uh, at 12-5. And then Josh Coburn, half a point. 11-1 to one score two or more. And then half a point, 90-1 to one score a hat-trick. For me, it's the team that I've backed more than any other on the betting show this season. Carlisle United, not just that, minus one uh, to beat Rochdale at 4.33. My next best is QPR at Hull, draw no bet, 1.95. Uh, I've laid Swindon at 1.92 at home to Jills. My goals treble, Accrington and Leeds, Manchester United and Reading, and Ipswich v Burnley going over 2.5. The three of them at just over 3-1, to 4.08 with the bet fair sportsbook and my goal scorer Trixie is Jez Raksaki of Charlton at 4.33 100 to 30 Josh Coburn at 2 to 1 and Luke Armstrong at 21 to 20 thank you so much for listening thanks to Betfair for their continued support of this podcast could we nudge you to our YouTube page where we've put in a ton of work this week which has left us feeling very exhausted and very satisfied we got championship league one and league two teams of the season going up uh, between now and the end of the weekend and we hope that you'll watch them and enjoy them uh, we've got some big plans for the monday pod as well we're going to be hearing from a few people so thanks for listening and have a great weekend go out well.